Pops, Popsy, my father was born in 1929. I was born in 1982. <laughs> my father was a bit on the older side. Or elderly, as he liked to say. But he would say often, praise the Lord, better days are coming. So let's turn to God's word and learn where his hope came from. So in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 27. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. In fact, the dead did not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're going to stop there because Paul is saying, if we only have hope in Christ and we do not have the resurrection, he says, we are all men of the most pitiable. But he goes on to say, but now Christ is risen from the dead and he has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man, Jesus Christ, also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to the God the Father. When he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are under him, it is evident that those who put on all things under him, he is accepted. And in John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me, Christ Jesus. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Popsy's hope was Christ. His trust, Christ. His salvation. Hey, family. So most of you know I'm, um, Horse Meekout was my grandpa, although, of course, he would tell you, I'm not Gramps, I'm Pops. He also had a special name for us grandkids. We were either snot pots, honyuckers, or sweetie pies. <laughs> One of my first memories of Popsy was hearing him sing the German nursery rhyme. He bounced me on his lap 
And I remember how much fun it was just dropping to the ground as he'd say, Muck to Ryder Plumps. <laughs> he taught me many things from the correct way to sweep the floor Amen. and to wash dishes. Just the other day, I was teaching my daughters the correct way to sweep the floor. <laughs> it wasn't sweep, it was sweep and tap. <laughs> Later on, when I wanted to learn German, he taught me the German alphabet, and we bought German dictionaries together. I shared with him the very useful German phrases I was learning from Rosetta Stone. He laughed when I told him, Ein Elefant unter einem Flugzeug, which means an elephant under an airplane. Very useful indeed. <laughs> His favorite game was Mitch Dagernichnicht, also known as Aggravation. My family and I enjoyed playing it with him, and he was so easygoing, it never did lead to anyone getting aggravated. Although, he greatly enjoyed sending us back to home base. I will never forget when he would come babysit us overnight. That was our favorite, Mom and Dad. Go bye. <laughs> He would arrive with a large bag of old movies and several, several cartons of ice cream, including, of course, his favorite Neapolitan. He would open the carton all the way up, take a knife, cut it into four chunks, although he got the first half and then we cut into three more. <laughs> then we'd all kick back and watch the greats. We watched Jerry Lewis, Shirley Temple, and of course, Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne. We also had many fun movie nights in his bungalow. He had recorded over 2,000 movies off the TV, and he had the best dash of candy, from almond roca to cookies and ginger ale. Whenever I'd bring a friend over, he would give them the tour of his bungalow, including his food storage in the closet, his tiny Christmas tree he just put a bag over until Christmas time, and he'd explain how he was the best housekeeper and how he would dust his place. First, he would open the window and put a fan in it, and then he'd take his vacuum and reverse it so it would blow instead of suck. And he'd blow all the dust up towards the window and out. He thought he was amazing. <laughs> oh, he really did have everything he needed in that little place. Popsy loved to talk about his history. I remember him describing his childhood, leaving Prussia and coming to the United States. I will never forget hearing him describe how he escaped from the Russians on a small boat with bombs going off overhead. He told us that the passengers were screaming to yank down the Nazi flag on the boat so the Russians would not attack their boat. Later, as he traveled west, he explained how one night his mom heard that there was going to be a train engine coming to pick up the train cars. So they all rushed to the station and waited in packed cattle cars, waiting for the engine to pick them up to take them further west. Later on, as they continued their journey, he worked as a dishwasher for the U.S. military, and service members would give him their old uniforms. His mom would dye them black and have someone alter them since, his clothes, since clothing were so scarce. He truly lived through some historic and scary events. But he had seen so much in his life, and yet he always had such a chipper and positive attitude. He always had a smile on his face, and he always said, don't worry. You know, he, he just, whenever I would stress about things, I remember one note he wrote me on one of my birthdays was, don't take things so, take things lighter, is pretty much what he was saying. Don't stress, just, just let it go. And he, he had many funny antics. Um, he would always clarify, like Isaac said, he's not old, 
He's elderly. <laughs> and for some reason, he thought that sounded younger. <laughs> I'm elderly, he would say, as he put his hat on backwards, looped his thumbs in his suspenders, and then he'd hum and dance a little jig. <sighs> if he wasn't at home or working, we knew we would find him at Walmart, shooting the bull. His nickname from working at the gold mine was Billy Goat, from working up high on the crusher. He was well known for saying, don't you know? How are you doodling? And he always said, I've got the life of Riley, which I want to know who Riley is. <laughs> he was a hard worker and was constantly fixing something. He apprenticed under a mechanic, served in the military, ran the crusher and all the heavy equipment at Montana Tunnels, and was a boiler man who took great pride in babysitting his boilers. His car, better known as the Silver Bullet, was always in pristine condition. Whenever I stopped by his bungalow, he'd be tinkering on his car and listening to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> These last few years have been sad to see Popsy decline. As his memory faded, I would, as his memory faded, I would remind him of the memories that he had shared with me over the years. When I mentioned Grandma Sharon, he would nod his head and try to speak. He got the biggest smile on his face as I described food. <laughs> All the amazing treats we would have on Christmas morning that Grandma would make. Sometimes I do wonder why God kept Popsy here so long in what many of us would describe as a miserable situation. Then I think about the impact he has had on so many of us. I am thankful my girls were able to get to know him, to sing him his favorite songs, rub his arms, care for him, and grow to love Popsy so much. Popsy often talked of going to Gloryland and looking forward to being with Jesus. And I am so thankful for the memories I have of him and look forward to one day seeing him in heaven. Several years ago, when we talked about dying, he said, the good Lord takes care of me, and when the time comes, take me home, Lord. I don't think about dying. I think tomorrow is a lovely day. Praise the Lord. Then he whistled his tune. Thank you, Sally Ann. Pops did indeed always say, in truth ad nauseum, better days are coming. It's great to grow older and learn to appreciate, isn't it? When you were young and a child and sometimes the oft-repeated lines of your father were not as welcome. But now, now you can look back and say, he was just right. Better days are coming. Pops, to perhaps his surprise, certainly to mine, raised a preacher. And not just one, but two. The other can't be here today. He's practicing being a preacher. And his family is ill. So it's to me to preach. And that's what Pops would have wanted. 
because better days are coming. One of my memories is of Pops sitting in his lazy boy recliner, reclined of course, with his German Bible open. That's how he read the Bible, was in German. And if I would happen to pass by him while he was reading the Bible, he'd say, Freddy? That's what he called me. The rest of you call me Fred. No, no. <laughs> say, Freddy, you read the Proverbs? Well, another time I'd go by, he'd say, in an imperative way, Freddy, read the Proverbs. Yeah, Dad. Yeah, Dad. Well, Dad, today we're going to read the Proverbs. I'd like to show you five pictures of Horst Heinz Mikot. Five pictures of Pops putting his life and his historical times into the frame of the Proverbs. The Proverbs say, My son, keep your father's command. My son, keep your father's command. So today, Pops, I'm finally obeying. Pops was, in the first picture, a Prussian, not a Russian with an R, that is the cardinal sin, a Prussian with a P, and not just a Prussian, but an East Prussian, which, at least the way I came to understand it, was better than all other Prussians. So not German, not Prussian, East Prussian. Pops was born October 22nd, 1929, and he came early, just like he always was at work, early. He was premature, and the story is he could have fit into a cigar box. Most of you don't know what that means, and don't worry about finding out. But in those days, it's a tiny little baby born into the world without any NICU units to go to. And Pops always described it. He said, I had a will to live. As Greg and I were talking the other day, obviously, he made it to 93. He was born to his father, Albert Mikot, who was a Schmiedemeister. I'm probably not saying that quite accurately. A Schmiedemeister, which Schmiede, Smith. Meister, master. His father was a master blacksmith. And he shared a back yard way of work with his brother, Alfred, who was a Stelmacher. He was a wagon maker. One made the wood, the other made the steel, and together they made wagons. And our grandfather, Pops' father, Albert, would shoe horses, and Pops would remember the giant horses from the breweries that would come in full of fire. He said the Breweries always use the fieriest horses. And he remembers them at times in the stall, blowing up and getting angry and kicking the sideboards out of the stall while they're trying to shoe them. Pops, therefore, would never ride any of my horses. <laughs> they had a storefront on the main straza and they worked their trades in the back. So when Pops was little, 
the sound in his ears would have been the sound of the forge, the bellows moving the air and the heat, the sound of a hammer on an anvil. If you've ever watched Pops work steel, you know he didn't just bang away at it. He did it with a rhythm. Ting, 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 just like his father. That mixed with the smell of sawdust, the two craftsmen worked together. He was also born to Antonia Weichmann, a farm girl from just outside of their city, where the family would often visit when Pops was young, and they would walk. It was close enough to walk from Tilsit to the farm. And he remembers farm, uh, fondly the, the orchards that were there filled with plums and pears and apples, and on the pond, the ducks that he liked to imitate. <coughs> they would often tell the story of the mean gander that kept guard in the barnyard. And one day he was out alone as a little wee tyke, and he was caught by the gander and given a good thrashing by his wings. He said, they're pretty tough. <laughs> and he never went out alone. He was born in Tilsit, East Prussia, what Pops called a beautiful modern city. It had the Queen's Bridge that crossed the Mamel River, was where Pops spent his youth. And many hours ice skating after the Mamel River would freeze over and they would ice skate. And so every one of us kids had to learn to ice skate and Pop would, Pop would make us an ice skating ring outside of every house, wherever we lived. There was Pops in the wintertime and he started as a, as a little toddler on your two runners. The two skates, remember those skates with the two runners, not the one, and tell you, and then you bring a kitchen chair out and you'd push the kitchen chair around until you learned to stand up on the ice. That's a little tip, it's for free. Take it, try it. He taught us to, to ice skate. But then the wonderful world that Horst lived in changed. Changed politically. Changed geopolitically. And by due election, the Nazi party took charge. Pops is careful to tell us the East Prussians never liked him. And I am sure that's true. Because he wasn't Prussian, strike one. He wasn't German, strike two. Hitler was Austrian, strike three, baby. You're out. You're not even in the chosen few. But Pops's life changed as all the young men were, boys were drafted into the Hitler youth. But even before that, Pops saw evil. He saw evil break forth on a night called Kristallnacht, a night of anti-Semitism when Hitler turned loose his evil upon all the Jews and all their businesses and all their homes. And in the carnage, all the glass that was broken from the windows of their stores and of their houses was lying in the streets. And Pops remembers when his mother and he were walking along the street the morning after. 
And Pops, being young, had seen something had fallen out of one of the windows that had been broken overnight. And he reached down to take it. And his mom, swift as lightning, smacked his hand. Said, don't you touch anything. Don't you touch anything from there. Why was that? Why tell that at his funeral? I tell that because it was true. And if you'd lived there, and it was your child, you'd have been careful to make sure they had no contact with the Jews, unless you were really brave, which Grandma wasn't. See, Antonia had been taken captive by the Russians in the First World War, and she wasn't about to have that happen again. That's one of the things I learned about my father that helped me understand him, is that his mother was a scaredy cat. She was a timid woman. She was frightened most of the time. But that's also what saved their life. Pop saw evil take place, even saw the evil of indoctrination in the Hitler youth, and then he saw war. When he was 10 years old, right before his 10th birthday in 1939, September the 1st, Hitler launched his attack on Poland, which is, by the way, the next-door neighbor of Prussia. I am sure they saw the buildup of troops coming through in preparation. And this evil brought the deaths of 16 million Allied troops and 45 million Allied civilians. The Axis powers, include Germany, Japan as well, lost 8 million military men and 4 million civilians. The idyllic world that he lived in had changed and the face of evil was running rampant across the globe. How should we understand such evil? How should we make our way through this? Should we just pretend it didn't happen? Just make believe that these things are only something that happened overseas in other places? What do we do when we see the sin of dictators? We see the evil of world leaders. We see governments oppressing their people. Well, we turn to the Proverbs. Proverbs 28, verse 16 says, A ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor. A ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor. Oppression, by definition, is the cruel and unjust exercise of authority. It also has a meaning, meaning to press down to oppress the people. And Horst Mikot knew what that was. His father was drafted to go to Königsberg, build ships for the war effort. Food rationing started. The army was everything and had to be fed. And Pops, as you've already caught the theme, food was important. So Pops would stealthily sneak a little bit of sugar and save it. Then when he'd get another chance, he'd sneak a little sugar and save it. And he'd save it and save it, and then when his mom and his sisters were gone one day, he would take it out, and as he told me, he would make 
Zona bong bong. I looked that up in the German-English dictionary. Nothing there. Must have been his own name. Zona bong bong. He said, I'd make candy. Mix it with some water, heat it up, and I'd have candy. The face of evil means you don't have free access to candy. It's real. The Proverbs tell us a man burdened with bloodshed will flee into a pit. A man burdened with bloodshed will flee into the pit. It also says, let no one help him. History proves that true. The burden of bloodshed that was on the shoulders of Hitler and his cronies caused him to flee into a literal pit of his own making, a bomb shelter where history tells us he took his own life. Let no one save him. Proverbs also teach us this. Whoever walks blamelessly will be saved. Whoever walks blamelessly will be saved. But he who is perverse in his ways will suddenly fall. In 1943, Albert Meekot, horse father, sent a letter to his wife, Antonia. He said these words, We have lost the war. He said these further words, I want you and the family to be on the first refugee train out. The carpet bombing was going, the terror was sweeping. But Pops was still waiting, knowing better days were coming. It is here where that timidity of Grandma Meekot, Pops' mom, came in handy. For when the first refugee train was available, she was there. With Horst, with Charlotte, and with Helga. And they got on not the luxury liner with the cattle cars, and they rode. The Russians were advancing, and the shells were falling on their beautiful city of Tilsit, and they were on the run, and they were now, second picture, refugees. He started as an East Prussian, and then he became a refugee. And you see, a refugee is, by definition, someone who has no home. The Ukrainians who are running for their lives know what this means to have the Russians chasing them and their homes are gone. Everything they built is gone. Their closet full of clothes are gone. Only what they have carried with them is all Pops, his mom, and his two sisters had. Pops remembers traveling on this refugee train to a place near Pummen. Near Pummen, they were let off the train at night to try and make a little food. Everyone had tried to take something with them and they had a little pot and they had a few things and Pops had brought a little axe, but they couldn't find wood. So they went to a, went to a farmstead. There were a lot of tenant farmers in that area. Uh, richer, more powerful people owned the farms and there were tenant farmers that kept the farm and they went to them and asked for wood and they wouldn't give them any. 
what is the face of mankind? Is it good? Or even your own people won't give you wood? But the servants, Pop said, the servants, they took wood and threw it over the fence. And so we had some wood so we could cook our food. Someone was following something like the Proverbs. Proverbs 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. You know, maybe this isn't something you want to know, but Pops was very angry with those people who wouldn't give him wood. They received many curses, if you will. But it was the low class, it was the servants that threw the wood over. And so he who gives to the poor will not lack. And Pops was always generous. If you came to our house, you ate. You were taken care of. Between him and Mom, who Pops said could feed a platoon at the drop of a hat, we ate. Because he knew what it was like not to. And then they came to the place where they were hoping to come, the American sector. As now the three great powers were dividing up all of Europe, it was his mom's goal to get them to the Americans. And they made it to a town called Oshoshambrick. And that's where they found the American GIs. Pops loved the GIs. Because as you heard earlier, the GIs kept them alive. Because you see, the GIs were generous. As Proverbs 11.25 says, the generous soul will be made rich. There's something different about Americans. There's something different about these GIs. They would give away their candy bars to the kids. They would help them along the way with food and clothing. They gave him a job and they couldn't pay him. That was against the rules. He washed pots and pans and he lit the stoves for washing and doing all those things. And you can just imagine a little horse running around in there and they took care of that cute guy. Sometimes it's good to be small. But they would give him food. And then with a family that was on the high line in Montana, sending a care package every so often they got through. The generous soul will be made rich. A little German boy and his family were taken care of by some GIs who are probably now dead. But if I could, I would say, thank you for feeding my father, his sisters, and his mom. Your generosity has taught us that better days are coming. Thirdly, Pops was an immigrant. The third picture of Pops is he was an immigrant. He went from an East Prussian to a refugee and now to an immigrant. 1948, Horst, his mother, as he called her, Mutti, his sister Charlotte and Helga arrived in Glasgow, Montana. Well, no, Charlotte and Helga arrived in Glasgow, Montana. Grandma got nervous that they were missing the stop. And so when the train stopped at a little milk run stop in a tiny town that is still so tiny you can almost not find it, called Nashua, Montana, Pops and Grandma got off. Too early, once again. 
right into a snowbank, his pop says. Uncle Otto Vichis was going to pick them up in Glasgow. Two of the four arrived, and he was none too happy that he had to go back and get the rest of them. It seems that Uncle Otto had a bit of a German temper, which Pops would come to find out as an immigrant. Fred is supposed to spend three years working his passage and his family's passage off, working for Uncle Otto on the farm. A city boy from East Prussia arrived in Montana with his shoes filled with snow, and then he got to learn to farm. It wasn't so easy for him at times, especially when he was plowing in the spring on the old tractor with the metal seat and the one-mile-long strips. And he tells of jumping off and trying to warm his hands up near the exhaust manifold and then jumping back on. But it was here that he learned to speak English from comic books and from his best friend, Gaylord Minor, also known as Gail. Some of his family sits here, who would later marry his sister, Helga. They were buddies, as Pop said, for all their lives. It was here as an immigrant that he became part of the American experience. For indeed, he was faithful to work. As Proverbs 26 says, most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Who can find a faithful man? Pops was faithful. He always finished the job because better days were coming. Pops went from immigrant to patriot in 1959, November the 8th, Horst Heinz Mikot became a naturalized citizen of the United States after having served in the Air Force. See, the USA provided a new life, peace and prosperity to the refugee and immigrant. You know, immigrants who are grateful, they become something. They become patriots. I don't think I knew anyone who was more patriotic about the United States of America than my father. Perhaps you need to not have it to appreciate having it given to you. Perhaps you need to be in Hitler Youth just for a stint. Perhaps you need to see a government really oppressing you. Perhaps you have to see all of this evil and sin to appreciate good leadership. But it was here as a patriot that he became a patriotic family man. Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Let me read that again. I think our generation needs to hear that a few times. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Well, it was in the United States of America that Horst found himself a wife, and he did it in a very unique way chasing other girls in his brand-new 54 Chevy across a field, Pops found an irrigation ditch and lost his front teeth. But in the dentist's office, 
was a gal by the name of Sharon Chisholm, who was a receptionist and scheduler. As I understand it, her telephone voice was quite fetching. <laughs> and somehow he pulled it off, a guy with no front teeth, in the dentist's office, asked her out, you guessed it, for milkshakes. <laughs> and that, of course, as the saying goes, is how I met your mother. Pops was a family man with a wife and now with children. And Pops was uh, always delighted to say, this is my platoon. And in truth, he did pretty good, at least a squad, but he called a platoon seven children. Now perhaps a platoon. Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 127, excuse me, Proverbs 27, verse 1, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, like the fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. And Pops was happy to have seven children, and now 27 grandchildren. And if you read the obituary, it used to read 26 with three on the way, and as of yesterday, there's 27 grandchildren and two on the way. Pops was a great father. One of the coolest things my dad could do was wiggle his ears. We never tired of asking him, wiggle your ears, daddy. And he taught each of us to ride horses by being a horse himself, and he gave us horseyback rides suitable for the rodeo. He shared his butterscotch candies, and he played us on his harmonica. No, 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 that's wrong. On his mouth organ. That's what it's called. Not a harmonica, a mouth organ. One of the favorite things, at least for me, and seemed like the rest of us, which could only be done when mom wasn't in the car. His pops loved to race the railroad trains as they hurtled along the high line. On a treacherous dirt road, packed full of kids in the car, not a seat belt one on, off he would go. And we would say, faster, daddy, faster. He always had his foot in the carburetor. His words, not mine. He built us a playhouse. What a playhouse. It was like a real house. It had everything. It still stands. It's still in Helena. It's still behind the house. It had an attic. It had stoves, refrigerators. It had everything a house has. Except now the bossy sisters aren't there to tell us how we have to do it. But he was also a patriotic working man. If there was anything that Pops taught, it was how to work. Anything Pops appreciated, it was work. And the Proverbs tell us this. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. 
one thing Pop was known for was being a good worker. He loved his work. And whatever he turned his hand to, he did it well and with precision and with honor. Everyone wanted Pops to do their job. Pops was accustomed to say, give me nuts and bolts. Just don't give me paperwork. He loved what he did. Proverbs 14, 23, In all labor there is profit. In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Pops taught us the job isn't finished until you clean up after yourself. He taught us if you borrow something, return it in better condition than you borrowed it. He said a job worth doing is worth doing right. He said, we're Mikots. We work. Proverbs 27, the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. And we are. He's a patriotic family man, a patriotic working man, a patriotic American. Truly the song, Proud to be an American, could have been written about Pops or at least he knew he was free, but he was always watchful. I remember Pops watching the news, which was sacred, quiet time for kids, and Pops would watch the news. I remember during the Vietnam War, and Pops warning us. He said, boys, that's propaganda. Boys, that's propaganda. And we say, oh, Dad. That'll never happen here. I think he was almost the voice of a prophet. Amen. So we need to think as patriots and follow Pops. Are you listening? Are you weighing it? Are you watching? Do you know the difference between propaganda and truth? I don't mean the misinformation that they talk about. I mean real propaganda where they're selling a false agenda to control you. Pop saw it then, and it was real, and it's here now. Watch out for propaganda. Better days are coming. And now to the final portrait of Pops, the most important one of all, and it's not one that he made himself. It's about God who made him. The last picture of Horst Heinz Mikot is this. He's a Christian, which means a follower of Christ. This is something God brought him to. We used to sing in the car on the 365-mile trips from Helena back to Glasgow. And Pops would always have us sing a song that we always thought the title of was, I've Got a Home in Glory Land. Turns out, it's called Do Lord. Pops learned this song from a Christian. He learned it from an American Christian who was his tech sergeant, and those of you who are in the Air Force know that that's another name for the Army drill sergeant. And his drill sergeant, his tech sergeant, would have them sing that song as they marched. I've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. Do, Lord, do, Lord, 
do you remember me? I didn't get that as a kid. I sang. I went along and kept me from deviling my sisters, who I had to sit between for 365. Oh, that's not about me, is it? And yes, Antonia, I'm going to touch you. But now I, I kind of get it. I get it because of the Proverbs. Proverbs 3, verse 1, My son, do not forget my law. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. How do you get a heart that trusts in the Lord? And how do we understand this world that Pops came out of so full of evil and then went into another world full of evil? And you say, wait a minute, he came to America, it's not full of evil. Oh, yes, it is. And we have eulogized Pops and we have celebrated Pops, but he would be the first to tell you that he found evil in himself. He found sin in his own heart. He saw himself as unworthy, not worthy, unworthy of heaven, worthy of God's everlasting punishment. One day, when he realized that, he and Helga went forward in an altar call, and I believe a youth for Christ. I think that's what I remember. And Pops never looked back. For God had made him a Christian, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, one saved from his sinful self. Proverbs says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my sin? It is a rhetorical question of wisdom. Who can say this? The answer is, no one. Jeremiah the prophet said these words, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? No one can say, I have made my heart clean. It is humanly impossible. We know from Paul in Romans that the wages of sin is death but that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But all men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if you are here, you have sinned. And it wasn't because you sinned that that made you a sinner. No, you're a sinner, therefore you sin. Your condition is one who sins, therefore you're a sinner. And the wages of that sin is eternal 
death. You see, this is a physical death. This is a funeral. The body that is in this casket is dead. We grieve it. It's stark. It's empty. Because of sin. Sin entered the world through Adam and Eve and through that Adam's sin, death entered the world. What are we going to do? Is it possible to do anything? We know that there's a God, and all of us know it, a God who searches the heart. Jeremiah says, after saying the heart cannot be known, he proclaims, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind to give every man according to his ways. According to the fruit of his doing, there is a judgment, and we all know it, and it comes after death. It is given unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. That's why this cannot be just a celebration of life. It must be a realization of death. For only with that reality can we rightly look to God and ask that he would cover us with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. For we are guilty, each and every one. I am guilty. You are guilty. Pops was guilty. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That means you cannot buy it. You cannot trade for it. You can't earn this gift. You believe it. You can go from the wages of sin is death to this, Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are, keywords, keywords, in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, then the question has to be, how do I get in? How do I get in? What is that state of being that is in? The verse goes on to say, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. How do I walk according to the Spirit? Most of you know the struggle that Paul went through in chapter 7 of Romans where he said, those things I want to do, those things I do not do. And those things I don't want to do, those things I do. Proves we have a conscience from God. We know right and wrong, and we know we're guilty. How do I get to no condemnation in Christ Jesus? Romans 10. This is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? From the judgment that comes after this. After death. The judgment of God. You will then be judged righteous based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ 
and not your own unrighteousness. You will be free. So we can celebrate life at this funeral, but it won't be the physical life he lived alone. It'll be the eternal life that he now lives. The eternal life with the Lord Jesus, not an eternal life in hell. For without that, you spend hell for eternity paying off your sin debt, which can never be paid off. The Bible says, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Horst Heinz Mekot died, but he died a Christian. Horst Mekot now lives with Christ, his Lord and Savior. Pops has a home in glory land that outshines the sun. His better days, right, Booch? Have come. That's how we want to close this morning. Brother Matt, did you come? Before we close, I just want the family to know who's gathered here how thankful I was and am for Horst and Sharon. They had an uncomplicated and honest joy uh, that always showed in their faces, their smiles, their laughs that I'll never forget. And that joy welcomed an awkward and oftentimes unsure of himself teenager into their home where I felt safe and happy and fed. <laughs> My eating habits forever changed by Greg and Horst. <laughs> and in this moment, I choose to celebrate Horst by singing, Do Lord, would you please join me? It's on the back of your bulletin.
word of prayer. Father God, thank you for Pops. Thank you for Horst. Thank you for sharing him with us. And even more importantly, Lord, thank you for sharing your son Jesus Christ with him so that he could share you with us. Bless the remainder of this day. May we truly have a harmony and unity as we celebrate Pops and tell the stories once again and enjoy him all over as a savor in our minds. Bless us as we go forth and thank you for all who are here and all who have helped in so many ways to get this ready. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.